Hey there, Margie Bryce here bringing you the Krabby Pastor Podcast. And I don't think you're going to be too surprised to know that it's too easy today to become the Krabby Pastor. Our time together will give you food for thought to help you be the ministry leader fully surrendered to God's purposes and living into whatever it takes to get you there and keep you there. So we're talking about sustainability in ministry. Welcome to an episode of the Krabby Pastor Podcast. And I want to start this episode with a shout out to my listeners in the UK. I was excited about that. I hadn't gone on my little stat board for a while and thought, well, where are people listening in from? And I was so excited to see the UK listeners in there. And I'm excited because my mother was from Doncaster and actually I was born in South Ryslip. So while I have lost my accent, my mother never did. And uh, she she passed 25 years ago, but even after being in the United States for many, many years, she still retained her accent, and it's one of the things that I remember. And so anytime somebody has a British accent around me, it's like, what, what? You know, it, it has a special place in my heart. So shout out to all y'all there in the UK. Now, when I began this podcast, I really didn't envision talking about ministry leaders and their private pain in the way that I'm going to talk about it today. Maybe this is a podcast you want to share. Uh, Even if a ministry leader seems fine, you know, we really can't assume that. All pastors need strong and encouraging relationships in their life, and they need to spend time in rest and reflection and I'm not sure, but I think I'm going to waft, this would be a British word that my mom used, in and out of self-care and kind of the things that congregational leaders need to understand, you know, if you're going to take a class in care and feeding of your ministry leader. So maybe this is a podcast that some ministry leaders might want to share with their peeps. I'll leave that up to you. But I was kind of intrigued and touched and saddened by a post by a United Methodist pastor on Facebook, and he shared a situation that I'm going to just briefly share with you, and he raised some valid kinds of questions, so I did connect with him, and he granted his permission for me to share this, so I'm sharing some of what Pastor Mike Rayson He didn't really rant exactly, but I am highly intrigued by pastoral rants, you need to know. But it it was just finding a situation that was just incredibly sad, and then it was a moment where questions and comments bubbled up from him. So I'm going to go back and forth between his questions, my thinking, and we're going to go from there. But What I'm talking about is a Reverend Canon Anna Matthews in the UK. I don't know her. You know, the only thing I know of her is what is said online in in a sermon or two that, a writing that she has online. But she was described as young, vivacious, popular, and much loved and admired Church of England priest who ended her own 
private suffering, and she was 44. She had served as kind of, I think, in the in the North American Protestant realm, we would say she was a senior pastor, but she had served there 10 years at St. Benet's Church in Cambridge, UK, and I hope I said that correctly. She was a spiritual director, and she was a leader there, and yet last week she took her own life, which is beyond sad on many, many levels. Sad for the loss of her creative energies that brought the kingdom of God to life for those around her. One colleague, uh, Reverend Alice Jolly online, described her as a wonderful spiritual director. She was serious and wise and deeply kind. She was always there, always ready to talk when I needed advice. Her faith was so deep and real. She knew God so profoundly and his love and mercy shone through her. It was easy to trust her when she spoke of God's love. She made the Church of England somehow make sense, and the loss of that good sense is incalculable. I love her and will miss her always. So that is what one colleague said about the Reverend Anna Matthews, and surely, surely this is an incredible loss for her congregation and many, many colleagues and friends. Um, what I want to say is that uh, ministry is exceedingly challenging at this moment. There's a lot of stress, isolation, and pastors have said to me, the church I had before COVID is not the church that I'm leading now. There's a lot of loneliness. There is pressure. The church in many places is declining, and pastors are unhappy with this work-life balance, especially the younger ministry leaders, which I say, you know, good. I, I think it's that's about time that people started talking about that, especially in the ranks of ministry. Uh, many ministers are not really optimistic about the future of the place where they're serving. And then in some places, the pastor's vision is to serve the community, to bless the community, and it doesn't match the kinds of things that the church folk want to be about. Some of these things I've kind of added, some, but some of them I mooched from uh, the fine folks at Barna, and they have lots of research there that strongly supports all of this. But what happens when ministry leaders, you know, the ones that people go to with their questions when they have questions themselves. And what happens when a ministry leader's very own questions can lead to suffering in private? I mean, where do ministry leaders go? Where can they turn when they need to sift through their own questions and deal with their own pain? And, you know, you, you can say, well, a lot of these people are very educated, and this is true, and this is the hazards of more education, because the more you know, the more you know you don't know things, you know, <laughs> you know, you know. And and life is exceedingly complex today. In addition, we're still living with post-COVID, and there is, I have talked to several counselors and, and people in that kind of line of work, 
there is definitely a latent COVID quirkiness uh, due to that isolation. And now we're trying to rebuild our social structures. And yeah, the, it's quirky out there. And so there's a lot of pain and pastors tend to do that privately for the most part. But we want to talk about addressing the pain, you know, before it turns into a, a crisis kind of situation. And not in this podcast, but in one upcoming, I am intending to have a counselor on here to talk very directly about addressing addressing pain before it turns into a crisis. So his pastor, Pastor Mike, he says... He says in his post, you know, where where do clergy, where do ministry leaders turn to? Do you go to a fellow priest, presbyter, elder, minister? Where do you go? That's all well and good, he says. But what if the cleric one day becomes our boss in an Episcopal triangle of ministry where the bishop holds the top job and it trickles down from there? In my own experience, Pastor Mike says, there's also a deep sense of shame that I can't deal with my own stuff because, well, I wear the lid of a margarine container around my neck. So, (laughs) you know, I think that's just some great thinking, and those are the positions and the situations that many ministry leaders find themselves in is what happens if I can't deal with my own stuff, lead myself in even in the midst of my own private pain. Uh, that's that's the challenge before us. Um, Pastor Mike, you know, and I don't know Canon Matthew's story. I don't know her story at all. But here's an insight from Pastor Mike. He says, all we need to know is that sometimes clergy face unbelievable pressure from all sides all the time to ask for help, any help. Even just to ask another clergy friend to lend an ear over a cup of coffee and a cookie feels dangerous and has the ability to cast yourself as a failure in the eyes of the church and in the eyes of God. And oftentimes, more than you'd think, the lended ears have a great big sieve that leaks juicy details to other colleagues. Okay, so... I would concur on that point. Um, Pastor Mike has nailed something that is probably not very well known in some other circles. I don't know, I guess. (laughs) But yeah, there is, there's that. So, so where do you go? Where do you go? Uh, And, and how do you attend to your private pain? Um, because uh, Canon Matthew's death happened, you know, an ocean away, actually, over the pond uh, from the United States. But there's also high rates of suicide among clergy in the United States as well. It's, it's a very, very challenging time for the church. That's capital C. Now, Pastor Mike offers some thoughts about, I think there were six, and I'm going to go through some of these, and I'll let you know when I'm... Uh, quoting him and what he has said, and and then I'll probably be interjecting as we go along. So first thing, and again, I'm going to speak as though I'm speaking to also ministry leaders, but also people who are in leadership or just are members of a congregation and have great concern for the well-being of their ministry leader. So first, regardless of how well 
you think that the minister is doing, you shouldn't always assume that, but certainly we should pray for them regularly. You know, many pastors that I have witnessed of late, you know, they look like they've got it all going on, but we don't really know everything that they are carrying. Next, and here is the practical piece. I always like the practical piece, but you want to, if you're going to pray that your pastor would be encouraged, that your pastor would be strengthened, well then, you need to be open to the Holy Spirit's leading for you to put feet to your own prayers. You know, some very practical things. I don't know, flower, uh, Pastor Mike offered this idea, flowers with an encouraging note or some kind of gift card, something, you know, be creative, be creative, and uh, ask the Spirit of God what what your pastor might need and how you could take care of that in practical ways. The next, the next one that, that Pastor Mike offers, and you know, I, I'm just going to read what he says here because, because he just says it so well. So I'm like, why reinvent the wheel here? So there is a culture out here of we pay the pastor to do that. Pastor Mike says that should never enter your mind or pass your lips or occupy your ears ever, ever. A minister is a co-laborer with you in Christ, not the paid representative to do the work of evangelism, hospitality, and generosity for you. The idea that you can pay your pastor to do the work that you are commanded in Scripture to do isn't just wrong. He says it's bordering on heresy. I might go a step further and say it could be heresy. How's that? He goes back to saying a part of this is volunteering. Sometimes it's like pulling teeth with no anesthesia. When you decide you are just too busy for a church commitment, even, even something that might take an hour or two a month, more often than not, it falls on your minister to pick up the slack, and eventually that role gets so tight it snaps. So, okay, you know, a lot of that, what he just said, is, is, is for congregants. And, you know, I guess if you're ever thinking that, it, it maybe did your heart good, sort of, momentarily, for you to hear that, that, okay, this is not my imagination. This, this is a facet of reality. So that was for congregants. But there's something in here for ministry leaders that I wanted to add because just because something gets left undone doesn't mean the minister has to do it. Because once you start doing things for them, they, the people in your congregation, will never learn to assume responsibility. And you will have trained them to know that if they let things go, that you will pick it up. Um, so this is a question of boundaries and enabling kind of behavior, and, and it's very easy to get caught up in that if you have a servant leader kind of style of leadership, let's say. I mean, yes, the work is important, but if an item gets dropped because nobody does it, you know, what happens? You know, the question I always have is, I drop something and leave it on the floor, figuratively here, and say, hmm, who cares enough about the fact that it's on the floor to pick it up? I mean, besides the ministry leader. 
because, you know, maybe we should not bother with it either because maybe, just maybe, it's not as essential as all of us think. Just some things I wanted to add to that. Um, the fourth item that Pastor Mike offers, and he's here talking a lot about bishops, superintendents, head honchos, etc., etc., to not punish clergy for being honest and showing vulnerability. I think it's hard in some cases to show a vulnerability. He offers, Pastor Mike offers, requiring clergy to meet with a therapist monthly or more is a good start. But, he says, not a therapist who works for the church or is appointed by the bishop, etc., etc. A clergy person should be completely confident that the therapist is not slipping information back to the hierarchy and he says, believe me, this happens regularly. He had personal experience with it. And, you know, I hear that. And all I will add to that is everyone needs a safe place to be totally honest. Totally honest. And know that your confidentiality is not going to be breached. Now, if that means that you go beyond the bounds of your structure your system your your institution there to get a coach to get a spiritual director to find a counselor or a therapist where you can know that you can be totally honest and it's safe it's not going to go back to anybody else then you definitely need to act on behalf of your own self-care and sanity to do that to do that uh, let's see, Pastor Mike says to always encourage, you know, if you hear a great sermon, then shake hands at the door, look your pastor in the eye, tell them it was a great sermon and include an observation on that sermon. And this is, you know, encouragement is what is actively needed. I'm going to add for you to share what was especially meaningful for you and why there have been times that people have come through and if I told an illustration about my dog, they'll start talking about their dog and you're like, okay, you were listening at that illustration, uh, but why was that so meaningful for you? That would have really made my day, not to know that you heard, but that perhaps it even moved your heart a bit. Would That would have been very encouraging to me. Or if they came through the line there at the end of the service and they said pastor you really made me think i felt like i had hit a home run if they said that so just some suggestions there now his last his last comment has to do with sermon construction and be aware that your it takes your pastor between 10 and 20 hours every week to research prepare and write a sermon most don't understand that we don't preach on a wing and a prayer it can take up to as much of as half of our allotted time each week to prepare, Pastor Mike says. And, and all I'm going to say to that is, I mean, that's true. You do an awful lot of research and preparation. It's like an iceberg. Most of what you do is underneath. And, and all that underneath work only helps to buffet your confidence for the moment that you deliver that sermon. And if you want more of my comments about that, this is for ministry leaders here. Um, season 2, Episode 8 is How to Avoid the Saturday Night Sermon Shuffle. So 
So those were those were Pastor Mike's comments with some of mine interspersed. And, and mostly, he says, you know, you, you need to take good care of your pastor so that they can take good care of you. And, and that, that certainly is true. And I know that he shared with me that he has dealt with some long-term private pain. And so he, he, he gets it. He gets that piece of it. And I'm sure he was very moved with the death of this young ministry leader in the UK. So what we want to do, though, is urge ministry leaders to take good care of themselves. So now I'm speaking to both ministry leaders and and people who care about them. You know, you need to be doing a self-care, which includes spiritual formation. You know, we tend to emphasize the spiritual because that's what our MO is in, you know, that we're called by God to help bring the kingdom to earth, to bring light into a dark world. And so we tend to then forget or somehow think that that means that our physical self is just automatically taking care of it. It just doesn't work like that. So you need to attend to yourself. You need to be doing this spiritual formation piece as well. And those things are going to help to build sustainability so that you can go the distance with God, so that you can live into your your calling. I have no idea what private pain impacted Reverend Matthews, you know, and I don't really need to know that. But I, what I do want to say is this, when you are in deep with private pain, it's hard to reach up sometimes. Sometimes you're too tired and too fatigued and too weighed down to reach up. And it's hard to reach out, you know. But what I'm going to say to you is, do it anyway. Reach out to someone anyway and just tell them where exactly you are and so that you can experience the gift that another person is intended to be, a gift from God, actually, that other people are intended to be. So don't ever assume that the ministry leader is fine, I'm saying to those who care about ministry leaders. And then colleagues, I want you to check in on your ministry friends. Maybe you need to do the phone a friend challenge or something and and build that strong and encouraging relationship that really is going to make a difference in your life. So encouragement makes so much of a difference. And then I just did this for um, a church planter that I was working with. Courage means being afraid and uh, doing it anyway, right? So encouragement means to give and to impart courage to another person. And it makes all the difference. So colleagues, we want you to be the gifts to one another that God intends for us to be. And if you need that safe place, to be totally honest, reach out to a ministry coach like myself, a spiritual director, a counselor, a therapist. Do not walk this alone. Do not keep your private pain private. Until next time, this is The Krabby Pastor. Hey, thanks for listening. It is my deep desire and passion to champion issues of sustainability 
in ministry and for your life. So I'm here to help. I stepped back from pastoral ministry and I feel called to help ministry leaders uh, create and cultivate sustainability in their lives so that they can go the distance with God and whatever plans that God has for you. I would love to help. I would consider it an honor. And in all things, make sure you connect to these sustainability practices, you know, so that you don't become the crabby pastor. <laughs>